Hello, everyone. I'm Holly Smithson, Athena's CEO and your host for today's Blueprint for Success. I'm really excited to have in our studio today, Jay Connolly LaBelle. She is the CEO and the uh, founder and chairwoman of Ripple Mommy. And Ripple Nami is a really fascinating name for a really fascinating uh, company. And I'm excited to have Jay come in here as a female founder, um, as a serial tech entrepreneur, and as a real leading pioneer in, in the realm of technology, certainly here in California and now in the great sub-Saharan sub African countries. Uh, Jay, I want to I want to thank you because I know you're joining us um, from Europe where it's a little bit hot over there and I appreciate you coming in to share your story with us. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. All right. So let's so first of all, I would love to talk about Ripple Mommy. So share for people what Ripple Mommy does. I know you started the company in 2014. So you've got a seven year old country. Um, you are serving customers as far away as Uganda, Kenya, Zambia, uh, England, Mozambique. Talk about the company, what you guys do, and talk a little bit about the fun adventures you've had in uh, raising capital. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So Ripple Nami, our name stands for a ripple of data turns to a tsunami of information. And we're all about bringing, breaking down data silos and bringing traceability and transparency to data. Whether it's a person, place, or thing, we don't care. We try to make sense of data so the end user can actually take actionable results. And I can put this in layman's terms. Um, in, in one instance in Uganda, which is one of our largest contracts, we work directly with the president there. And the problem we're solving for there is ta increasing taxable tax revenue. We get relating anything to do with real estate, rental income, property tax, et cetera. And the problem over there is in Africa, there's no Zillow, there's no transparency. You can't go pull up a house you're gonna buy and see the, the last valuations. There's no such thing. So when you start breaking down the silo, you see data sits in a lot of different ministries if we, you know, of, of government. And we pulled that all together, uh, 10 different ministries pulled it together. And if you think about it, it's like a Zillow, but for the tax agent. Uh, to collect taxes, and it'll increase taxes uh, about 250 million a year in U.S. dollars. And to put that in perspective, that solves a lot of problems in Uganda. Right now, they have uh, they have or 100% reliant on debt and on China uh, loans and NGO funding, and they're not a sovereign nation. And this is the same issue we see in each country in Africa. Um, the NGOs have, have kept them down, have kept them in a state of not growing, uh, not enhancing their middle income. So what we've come in to do is we solve for problems using technology, and that technology includes data visualization, AI, blockchain, the latest and greatest of everything, and break down data silos and make it, feed it back informationally so that the country can solve for whatever problem this is they're solving for. If that, that's a mouthful, but um, that's what we do. And we do it, we're the only company out there doing this. And we're definitely the only American company. And I know I'm the only American lady out there doing this because they tell me so. <laughs> I've seen some of the headlines of the local papers that uh, know you across the country as the American lady. Um, yes. 
wearing your nonprofit uh, ga- uh, gear and <laughs> trying, trying to be uh, inconspicuous. Um, talk yeah. a little bit, I, I really have a lot of respect for you, um, developing a company, um, launching a technology company and being female, just historically, as the data will tell us, um, is not, a, um, is not a, an attractive um, path um, if you're looking for uh, rapid success in terms of the funding. Um, but that didn't stop you. That doesn't stop you. In fact, that actually motivates you. So talk a little bit about how a woman, the American woman from California, can successfully attract capital um, and, and develop a company with a go-to-market strategy in Africa. Well, one of the things that's interesting, it, it's hard for us to raise money in the States. They're just, you know, I got a lot of uh, armchair quarterbacks that have maybe been on a safari and are going to tell me what it's like to do business in Africa. So I, I can't uh, really work with a lot of um, venture groups or private equity groups in the U.S. because they just don't understand Africa. The market's been too good in the U.S. and they, they invest in what they know, which is cool. Um, on a technology perspective, what I'm finding is people in Europe and in U.K. do get Africa do get to technology and understand um, what has to happen in order for these countries to be sovereign nations. Because look, COVID take, took it out on everybody. And there's just not as much money going around to these uh, developing countries that there used to be. So they're more eager to help, uh, uh, help deploy capital, to, which will then enhance uh, the, the economies there of scale in Africa and not do the same old, same old stuff. And we're a for-profit company. Uh, We've been around for seven years. We didn't have to raise a lot of money. Uh, We raised our, uh, I think, series seed round a long time ago and we've been cash flow positive since. So it's all about, we tighten our belt when the the times are are good and really hunker down when the times are bad. So COVID actually helped us out because we did all the food supply and um, food security for Africa, and then the veterans for uh, UK during COVID, because they had to get information to these people and had to get information about these people remotely using technology. And we were the only tech they could plug and play very quickly. So it kind of was our, uh, it it worked to our uh, favor having COVID. Now, I, I know that um, you know, it takes a certain type of person. Um, I don't care what gender, I don't care what ethnicity, I don't care what um, your, your background is. It, do, it certainly does require a certain mindset and a certain ambition and tenacity to launch a company, um, number one. And then number two, to be able to do that in a country as far away as Africa. So I wanna commend you for doing that and doing it fearlessly. Um, I know that you've had threats on your life. I know that you've been poisoned. Um, I know that you have a very sophisticated um, security apparatus. Um, you don't just blindly go over there as the American lady that gets stuff done. Um, and you have been on the receiving end of a plethora of industry awards all over uh, the African, the various African countries that you serve. But talk a little bit about why in Africa you are actually in an advantage as a woman and how they perceive you um, yeah. as a partner. It's a great story. It's a great story. And I asked this question. So look, we have very strong local partners. So there's, I would be foolish to think I could go over there as an American or any tech leader 
uh, without having being uh, Elon Musk or Bill Gates or you know name name the you know Big Fang companies to go over there as a no name and to get in to see the president and you start at the president level. So I've got very strong local partners and it takes a it's a triad. So it's a local partner myself that really wants to make a difference in their country and then with the president. We sit down and we really explore like what problems do you have and where can we deploy tech that will solve whatever the problem is. And um, what the advantage I have is twofold. Number one, I'm American. They really want Americans in there. I keep telling American companies in there and everyone shies away. And where others have you know, shied away, we've doubled down because the opportunity for me to be able to get a government, all their government data in one place, where would I ever have the chance to do that? I could never do that in California. I couldn't even do that in Encinitas where I live. It's just, there's no way people would you know, trust me there. So there's a trust there where Americans, they want Americans in because they're tired of um, the Chinese, the French, the, the, the Russians, people that coming in and taking advantage. We take no advantage. We, we only hire people within country. We educate them. They're very talented and we leave them behind when we're done with the project. Um, secondly, woman. So I asked my favorite president, President uh, Museveni uh, in Uganda, I asked him, you know, both my, myself and my COO, Amy Johnson is also a woman, but she's the Australian lady because she's from Australia. So I asked him, I, I, he goes, you know why I like to work with women? I'm like, no, sir, I don't. Why? He goes, well, you get shit done. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He, and if you look at his cabinet, his vice president, his prime minister, everyone, the major general, who, his private secretary, all of them are women. And he goes, you guys just get things done. Men just, men just don't. Let's just be honest. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you think. I never really thought about it, but you know, okay. Um, so being an American is great because they want the money, they want the country, they want the uh, recognition to know that there's Americans in there, and then they want um, they like working with women because we do get we do get it done. Uh, we don't have time to mess around or play games. We really don't. We're in there and we're out. <laughs> That, that's awesome. And, and when I think about, <clears throat> uh, when I think about um, the fact that you're bringing, you know, Africa, parts of Africa into the digital economy, right, being able to engage, yes. um, like the rest of the world, and the fact that there are such big companies that just, quite frankly, don't want to play in that market, because there's just way too many variables. Um, mm -hmm. And they don't want to take the risk. They just yeah, don't. Want that's to not without and I understand that. Look, it's not easy. It takes us four plus years to get a contract done. But once you're done, you're in. It's working with any <laughs> government, even if we were working here in the U.S. government, it would be the same process. Good point. So um, we've just doubled down. We have the right um, uh, recipe to get things done. It did take us a while. We had a lot of false starts. We had a lot of lessons learned, um, which we have documented in a I don't know, some magazine, we documented the top 10 things in Africa, you must know before you even go there. But they're all about relationships. And they're all about getting to know you. And can I trust you? That's it. It's not about you can't fly in and be naive enough to think you're going to have one meeting and you're done. Or you have one meeting and the rest are all conference calls. You are there. <laughs> they want to touch you, feel you, talk to you. Uh, ask you questions, uh, call you at the moment's notice, and ask you to come in and be there in 30 hours, which I've done. So they want to know that you're real and that you're accessible. 
and that they can trust you. It's really a trust. It's very uh, tribal communities over there throughout all 54 countries. And um, as a result, um, one of my dear friends in Zambia, his mother is the chief, chief queen, queenness or chiefness. She's a chiefness. She's the queen of all chiefs. Like it's like Game of Thrones, right? But um, as a result of her position, she's asked me to come in because she trusts me and she needs to solve an issue in her kingdom of 2 million people. And she controls the land of her kingdom of 2 million people within a country. So it's those type of relationships. I've known her son for uh, six years. He's been to my house in California. He's been to my house in Colorado. Um, so he's a, a, we're trust, we have a trust between us. So it's that kind of long-term relationship you start to build with people. And then when they think about something like, oh man, I need the American lady, call the American lady. We need her to come out here. And as a result, you know, I'm going out to Zambia on Thursday uh, to meet with the chiefness. And I'm told I'm supposed to get on my knees and clap twice on each side of her. As, that's how I'm supposed to greet her. And I laugh and tell her son, I'm going in for the hug. <laughs> so we'll see what I end up doing. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure as the audience is sitting here listening to you, they think it's more, a, more of a script for a Netflix documentary than the path of a right? CEO <laughs> that's developing. I think it's more like... <laughs> Coming to Africa, you know, episode, you know, season one, the reverse of coming to America. That's what it feels like. When you're over there, it does feel a little bit like that. But they're very, uh, they can't do the status quo that they've done in the past. So the corruption game is up. The NGO game is up. The World Bank money's up. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of their, their uh, normal tricks of their bag is up. So now they got to actually become sovereign nations. So we're here to help and it, start e-government. And it, it's so interesting because I've, I've monitored your journey, obviously, um, as a board member here at Athena, and, and you serve on a lot of boards across um, the California um, tech and biotech um, community. But it's interesting because for you to decide to do this is such a reflection of your entrepreneurship. As I, as I try to think about how to synthesize or, or just kind of water down what is it what does it take for a woman to launch a technology company to deploy this technology this new platform to a faraway country called Africa or a continent called Africa what is it in you that drives you to develop those relationships to defy the odds to dance around the corruption and to upend all of the no's for the big companies that just quite frankly don't want to touch Africa because of the corruption. What is it about you that makes you be able to do this? It's simply the advantage, uh, adventure and the challenge. And where um, I know I need to leave a legacy behind and a legacy for me is not my beautiful daughter who's an amazing litigator, but a legacy of making a difference in the world. And I'm not an NGO person over there. I don't, I think they serve a purpose in an emergency situation. They're not a sustainable model for business. So to me, it's leaving a legacy behind, but then also just the challenge and experience. And look how many cool stories that I have that we can laugh about. Um, <laughs> that, that, where would I get that in Encinitas, you know? At uh, Maurizio's. <laughs> well, you know, it's a bottle of wine or something. It's, it's, it's uh, to me, it's, I can make a difference and I leave a legacy behind 
in, in people's lives. And, and I, I really, I, I know that is your North Star. I know that you don't play in the, in the, in the, uh, the shallow end. Um, you're like a mermaid. You, you die in the shallow end. You only live, you can only survive in the deep end. And I, and I, and I think, I think your comments are particularly salient at the backdrop of the pandemic, you know, the next wave and everybody actually sitting and pushing the pause button and saying, what is it that I'm doing in my career or not? What am I doing in this company or not that aligns with my legacy? Like, what am I, what am I really doing that's making a difference? And, right. and, and if everybody doesn't really stop to ask themselves that question in the way that you have, then you don't ever really get a chance to answer it. And you're answering it in a really big way. And, and that's why I'm, I'm just really excited to have you come on to, the, to this podcast and share your story because it doesn't come without risk. It doesn't come without oh, no. pain and suffering. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> There's days that you just look at yourself in the mirror like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then you have a good call and you're like, that's what I'm doing, you know? So it's not easy. Definitely not easy. Our team is amazing. And they've all been over there because I said, you can't run a company and you can't be part of a company that you don't even know what it's like when it rains and the power goes out for 48 hours. You just, you can't understand that. And like our first team building exercise as a management team was um, in our new house in Uganda, we had a rainstorm, the shower flooded, we were all in there at two o'clock. I said, we're laughing at ourselves like this. Look at our executive lifestyle here with mops, <laughs> mopping up the toilet, you know, but it was a great team building. We'll always have that. Uh, so you can't understand. I, so everybody in the company does go uh, over with me and does stay. Even our, our friend Rio Carr went because he was complaining about potholes one day. And I'm like, dude, you need to come over. <laughs> come see a pothole. You don't know what a pothole is. Um, and then he's never complained about a again so it's just to me it's uh, it's putting yourself outside of our cozy south southern california life where everybody looks the same drives the same car and it complains when the starbucks line is four deep um, it puts life in perspective well i i can imagine and, and i'm i've long said that the most important thing in life um it isn't um it isn't family it isn't love it isn't health it's perspective. And if you don't have perspective, then you lose sight of what love, family, health, and all of those things that, uh, that we've come to, to know as, uh, as a given. And I can't think of anybody in my circle across the entire Athena community who has such a deep and broad and wide perspective than Jay Connolly LaBelle. <laughs> um, if anything, if Africa's given you anything, they've given you that in spades. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> fair. And then some, some I didn't need. <laughs> All right, well, I, I really wanna um, thank you. I know you're out in um, Monaco today where it's, um, a real frosty 100 degrees and uh and so i appreciate you um coming out from the heat to come into our virtual studio and share your story uh with our audience and anybody listening to this blueprint for success 
I want you to draw inspiration from Jay somehow, some way, because I can't think of a more um, compelling example of following your purpose, seeking out adventure, notwithstanding the risk, but with the ultimate goal of, of having an impact and leaving your mark. And um, Jay, thank you for the work yep. that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you for the time and have a great day, guys. And good weekend. Is it weekend yet? No, I think it's a new week. Yeah, it's a new week. <laughs> thanks again, Jay. And I also want to give uh, acknowledgement and thanks to our partners at San Diego Gas and Electric uh, for sponsoring Athena's Blueprint for Success. A uh, very special partner of ours, and we, we can't do this without them. And we have the opportunity every month to showcase the, the pioneers and the technology and the life science uh, folks like Jay that give us all tremendous inspiration and give us a chance to see that it can be done um, with the right attitude and, uh, and obviously the grit that Jay certainly uh, has on display. So thank you again, Jay, and we'll see you all next month for our Blueprint for Success.